Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we continue on in our series called Neighboring Well, and uh, we're nine weeks in, um, we, we are starting a Spanish service here directly, and they just told me that uh, earlier today that Neighboring Well doesn't translate at all, so uh, we'll have to call it different. Proxima Bueno. Doesn't work. So, uh, anyway, that, uh, we'll figure that out. I'll have to think about that in the future when I when I start uh, thinking of names. For, but neighboring's really not a word anyway, so it wouldn't have worked. Anyway, um, we're in this series called Neighboring Well. And what we've been doing in this series up till this point is uh, I've said uh, this, it's about hospitality. In effect, it's about kingdom hospitality. And that um, there's a spiritual component of that that we've been talking about uh, that's... Uh, has to do with two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, that these kingdoms are in no way, you know, equal and opposing. The kingdom of God is superior in every way and victorious at the cross, but the kingdom of darkness exists, and while rendered virtually powerless at the cross, um, they, uh, uh, they still exist with lies and deceptions and tricks and traps, and that's what they use to try and keep people... Uh, trapped in that darkness. And we said that we're to take a stand against that, um, and we've been using and looking at the armor of God in helping us not only stand against the enemy schemes on our behalf, but also on behalf of our neighbors. We further define neighbors as anybody that we encounter who needs the mercy of God, and so we've, we've been working through those things together in this series. Well, today, uh, we're going to continue to talk about kingdom hospitality, but I'm going to take us on another little track and what we're really going to be talking about over the next few weeks uh, is grace and how grace is a vital in part, a vital part of this idea of the hospitality uh, of the kingdom of God. So we're going we're gonna to dig into some stuff over the next few weeks. And uh, I love the subject of grace, so I'm looking forward to that. Little transition, though. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, we got some new sandwich board signs for the foyer. Very happy about that. And, and, and because I think um, dry erase boards are remarkable. Yeah, okay. I went, I went shopping this week for a pair of those camouflage shorts. I couldn't find any. All right, we're talking about grace. I'm moving on. Those were both comedy gold. But... <laughs> Scripture reading here on purpose. Luke chapter 15, 11 through 24. I'll read you the story now in our Scripture reading. We'll talk about it later on in our sermon. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. 
The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And blessed be the word of Lord. So we're, we're going to talk about uh, that here in just a little bit. So think about that because there's a neat picture that happens in there. And, and it's a picture of grace. And I want to talk about the picture of grace in, in different ways today. And I, I want to look uh, at grace as our motivation for hospitality. That um, it's what motivates us to be a people of hospitality, kingdom hospitality, and what that looks like. And so I, I want to start by taking a look at hospitality in the Old Testament. And, and so it's grounded back in the Old Testament. First point in your notes is this. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 19, 33 and 34 says, When an alien lives with you in your land, do not mistreat him. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native born. Love him as yourself, for you are aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now that's a, a fascinating verse about what's going on. Um, the people of Israel had been strangers in Egypt, but because of God moving into their situation, they were no longer strangers and aliens. And in effect, he's putting that tag. When he says, I am the Lord your God, it's, it's to remind them of all that he's done and who he is in their lives. And in effect, he's saying, I am the Lord who rescued you when you were aliens and strangers in bondage and captivity. I am the Lord your God who made a home for you and delivered you into it. Because I did this for you, you're to love the stranger who lives with you as yourself. That's what, he's, that's what that tag means. It's all because I am the Lord your God. So when he tells them you're to love a stranger as yourself, you're to love the alien as yourself, because I am the Lord your God, he's saying, because of all I've done for you, because of the love I've shown for you, because I rescued you, because I made a home for you, because you know what it feels like to be a stranger and an alien, and because of what I've done, you're to treat people well. You're to love them as you do yourself. So because of God... Um, we're, we're no longer strangers. The people of God were no longer strangers and aliens in the land. But the question is this, and I think it's very important, why did God rescue the people of Israel from slavery? And, and what I want you to think about that, did he do it because of how good they were or because of how good God is? That's the big question. Was it because of how good they were or is it because of how good God is? And the psalmist tells us this in Psalm 106, 7 and 8. When our fathers were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, to make his power known, to make his mighty power known. See, this is a picture of grace. God moved into the lives uh, and rescued the people of Israel, not because of their performance, not because of how good they were, but because of how good He is. And that's uh, uh, something you have to grasp about the grace of God. It's a picture of grace. That's point two. I want to talk about grace, and I just wrote grace as point number two in your notes. See, grace is the hospitality of God 
to welcome sinners not because of their goodness but because of his goodness see that's what grace is all about it's the hospitality of God to welcome sinners not because of their goodness but because of his goodness and the ultimate display of hospitality was the cross I want you to get that the ultimate display of hospitality of all time of kingdom hospitality was the cross at the cross Jesus willingly gave his life to provide an opportunity for everyone who believes to become a part of the household of God in Christ we are no longer strangers and aliens in Christ we've come to God in Christ we're one more lost child reunited with our heavenly papa and it's because of his grace it's because of his goodness not because of ours Ephesians 2.8 says it's by grace you've been saved through faith and this not from yourselves it's the gift of God and so the foundation for hospitality is and always has been the goodness of God expressed in his amazing grace and Jesus gives this this amazing parable that we read in our scripture reading in Luke 15 uh, and it's about this idea of the hospitality expressed in the grace of God now the story is known as the prodigal son by most people so that's the third point you know it's I had you write it that way um, the prodigal son but really that's uh, not the best title for the parable it's just how it's known um, the word prodigal is actually not in the scripture it was just added as a, as a title at some point but I really think it's a great parable about the love of the Father and, and I think it's an even better parable about the amazing grace of God to people so most of you have heard the story, we read it but maybe you understand uh, the, the, um, how big a story it is that Jesus is telling you, you need to remember he's telling this to Jewish people um, uh, he's, he's uh, talking to uh, a group of people who um, would have had, uh, understood this whole idea of what's taking place that in effect um, the son who's, who's mentioned here no longer wants to live the way his father has instructed him to live he wants to go off and live his own way and, and uh, he, he doesn't want to wait around any longer for his share of the inheritance and, and so in effect he goes to his father and in the most dishonoring way says you know what I just can't hang around here any longer waiting for you to die just give me my share of the inheritance now I want out uh, it, it, you couldn't find a more dishonorable thing in this culture to take place than a son going to his father in this way and basically saying give me what's mine now I just, I'm, you've been, you know, I've been waiting around here for a long time and I, I, just, you know, I, let me, I want out give me, give me my cast so I can go um, the father was under no uh, obligation here to do what he did uh, he does it because uh, he loves his son but he, 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 um, he wasn't under obligation to give him in, in his inheritance and in fact you know, he, he could have been to the dishonor to the point where he could have just cut him loose altogether but he doesn't do that and, uh, and so he, he goes ahead and gives him his share of the estate and uh, the, the son goes off and he, um, the Bible says he, he spends his, all his money in riotous living uh, he went out and had a huge party with this money for a long period of time uh, and he wasted all this money he, he went till he had no money and then um, a famine hits the land where he's at and, um, and so all of a sudden he has no money he also has no friends any longer um, because the kind of friends that you have when you, when you have his situation um, don't stick with you when times go south and so his money ran out and then all his friends ran out and um, he gets a job 
working uh, feeding pigs. Now, remember in the story, that's about as bad as you can get for a Jewish person. They don't, pigs, pigs are not their favorite. And so that's what he's up to now. He's, he's feeding pigs. Uh, and, and actually, he's so hungry, their food looks good. And it says in the story, at some point, he comes to his senses. And he says, you know what? Uh, uh, my father's hired men had it better than this. What I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to head back there and I'm going to say, you know what, look, I know I can't be a son anymore. I know I sinned. Uh, let, me, let me come back and just let me be one of the hired men. Now, he came to his senses because of his issue. I don't know that he really repented at that point. And it's really, sometimes people, we think, well, that was his sign of repentance. I don't know that it was. Uh, I think he just came up with an idea that would satisfy his problem. And he said, I'll just go back and say I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, I, he's not looking for sonship anymore. I just need to go back and there's a better, it's a better gig there. I'm going to head back. This gig didn't work out. Uh, I'll go eat a little humble crow and at least I'll be able to have food on the table and I'll, I'll work it out when I get back. And so he, uh, he's just basically going back so he can get hired back on as a servant. That's all he's hoping. Enough, there'd be enough room to say, okay, come on back. And that's what happens. And so <clears throat> he's kind of rehearsed what he's going to say and everything. That's why I don't know how... How's, where he's at right at the moment that he's come to his senses. I, get, I figured out, well, you know what I'm going to say. When I see him, when I see him, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to say. But you need to watch what happens because th- this is the picture of grace in verse 20 of Luke 15. So he got up, the son, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. That's before the son has said anything or done anything, and, and the father was watching. This father had been dishonored in every way, but from the time that his son had gone, he, he was keeping an eye out. And you know what he was hoping for was the son would come back. It was his hope. It was his prayer. Uh, he wanted him back. And even though he'd gone his own way, he just was watching and waiting for his son to come back. And when he sees him a long way off, the father goes running. And you need to know as well, this is a huge deal. This would have been a very, uh, 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 this man uh, was a man of uh, wealth and um, he would have carried himself differently and he would have worn um, garments that wouldn't have lent themselves to running long robes, uh, would have been his. And so he would have in a most undignified way in order to run, have to hitch up this garment and go taking off running. Remember, Jesus is telling this story to a bunch of guys who, who just were shocked by the whole deal. And here's a picture of this father who sees his son a long way off, hitches up his garment and sees his son and goes taking off running to him. And he's running to him. And as soon as he can get to him, he grabs him and he hugs him and he kisses him. Before the son has said, I'm sorry, I did this, I did that, whatever. He doesn't, it's just, boom, the father gets a hold of him. And he begins to love him. And even then, when the son's trying to get this rehearsed statement out, the father is just loving on him. And what he does is he, it's hot, he welcomes him home. Because he's doing that, he does several things. Celebration gets planted. Like, There's a big home celebration welcoming, you know. But also the symbols that come out, the robe and the sandals and the ring were all symbols of being welcomed back home. Uh, fully welcomed in as a son again. The ring was a family thing. It was a signet. He gave him that. The sandals distinguished him immediately from a servant. The servants, servants by and large, would have gone barefoot. Uh, in, and, and so the sandals were a big deal that he put sandals back on. And the robe was another welcoming family thing of the garment. And so uh, the father just extends these things to the son. And it really had nothing to do with where the son was at yet. This is all just a picture of the father 
of what's taking place. It's a picture of, of the grace of God and of, of hospitality in the midst of that grace, this welcoming home because the son was coming back in the process. And what I want you to see in this story is, is and I think this is really important, I want you to see that the love of the father is in place before the repentance of the son. You need to see that the love of the Father is in place before the repentance of the Son because that's a picture of God's grace and we get that messed up all the time. But the love of the Father is in place before the repentance of the Son. It's not that the Son didn't need to repent because He does. But the love of God is already in place because it's based on God's goodness, not on our performance. And God loves us while we're out doing our own thing. You need to know that. He loves us even when we're out doing our own thing. Now, it's not how He wants us to keep living by a long stretch uh, of anything. I'm not saying that, that any of that's okay, but you need to know the heart of God when it comes to grace. Romans 5, 6, and 8 says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Christ died for us. God is waiting patiently for the opportunity to welcome His lost children home. And He loves them so much that He's made the way back possible. John 3, 16 and 17. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. See, that's the heart of the message of hospitality. Now, sometimes when people hear this idea of grace, they think what grace means is that there's no requirements on our end um, in order to experience life. And you don't catch the whole message if that's what you hear. See, I, I've said to you in this whole series that one of the ways we really know that we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind is that we begin to love to live by doing the next right thing. What we begin to live for is doing things God's way. It's not, I, we don't understand grace if we think that what we're going to get is the idea of, of having everything that we want and being able to do whatever we want, um, whenever we want, and, and um, that it's, it's, that it doesn't cause issues in our life, and it does, see? But what we want to know is that even when we're a mess, even when we're broken, even when we're still struggling with our issues, God still loves us to the point that He was willing to die for us. What He wants to see in us is this turn that happens that moves back towards Him, but His love for us doesn't change. What happens is the moment that turn begins to take place, He's on us, and He loves us, and He just wants us to come back, fully engaged, back in to live for Him. So it's not a cheap grace. It's not a... Because, you know, when, when we talk about grace, grace is amazing. But, buddy, it was costly. Um, it cost God everything. It, 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 Jesus went to the cross. It was never cheap. Grace isn't cheap. But, but you have to know the heart of God is that He loves you even when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And, and we have to understand that about grace or we, we'll, never, we'll never make the turn that will cause us to live for Him. And we'll certainly never be the type of people that he calls us to be with the idea of hospitality until we understand grace. See, our part in this is to, is to keep finding ways 
to let people know about the love and the grace and the mercy of God, that there's a God who loves them, uh, who's for them, and wants to be in relationship with them now and forever. And He wants to welcome them home. And so kingdom hospitality, this whole idea is motivated by the amazing grace of God. And so I want to talk more about this. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to grace. And next week when we get back together, I want to talk more. And I'm going to finish the story because, um, see, what happens is when we finish the rest of that story in Luke 15, there's an older brother who didn't leave. And he's not happy about everything that happens um, because he's like, hey, I've been here all along. I've been doing what you want me to do. No party for me. And he misses the heart of grace but he doesn't understand the heart of grace that God has for them. And, he's, and, and, and then we get stuck. And unfortunately, the church is like that a lot. We get in and we, get, we sort of get how much grace we want. And then for some reason, we shift to performance. And the performance isn't out of this amazing gratitude for what God's done. It becomes this religious duty. And then we, we sort of want everybody else to fall in line. And we forget about what grace really looks like. And so we have to have this understanding of the grace of God and that God loves people where they're at. And, and He loves them too much to let them stay that way, but He's loving them, waiting for them to turn to come, come home so that He can welcome them fully in, back. At some point in that transition, I, I believe the son fully gets it and gets where, what he'd done and what happened and comes back understanding the grace of God in sonship and changes at that point. You don't hear about him going off again. Um, he gets it. It's a miracle. It's uh, beyond what he can imagine. He couldn't have earned it, couldn't perform well enough for it, shouldn't, shouldn't have been welcomed back as a son. Shouldn't have happened. See, that's what happens with us. It shouldn't have happened. We, we should not have been welcomed back in. We shouldn't have. We, we basically all did the same thing to God. I don't want it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And then at some point we decided, oh, that's really not going to work. And, and, and that the fact that he welcomes us back is, is, is beyond amazing and it needs to just resonate with us all the time it has to change us and we have to be aware of it because we we're going to constantly fight slipping into that older brother thing we're going to constantly slip into you know this idea of justice and performance and earning and uh and it it keeps us from being the people we need to be to help people find their way out of darkness and the light so it's a big part of this whole um process and I do want to talk about it more. So we're going to, we're going to pick up there um, next week. But be thinking about those ideas, about the love of God for people, even when they're still a mess, um, and, and that He died for them then, and He was just waiting and watching to welcome them back in. So they start moving back. Um, he's, he's all over that, and, and He's going to move in that. And, and that, you know, that, that, that's his, his whole thing, welcomes them in. And I think at some point then we really begin to get it, what it's all about, and, and it changes us changes us forever and, and so we need to let that happen so be thinking about that this week and we're going to talk more about grace and like I said if there's a lot to it so let me keep talking about it before you before you you know try and figure it all out but start with that think about that story think about what's going on and how amazing that is and we'll pick it up there with the older brother next week we'll talk more about grace but that's good for today if you're watching on television or by video thank you for doing that if you need prayer Go to our website, and there's a prayer page there, or you can call, and we'd be happy to pray for you. And Come and visit us when you get a chance. We'd love to see you. God bless you. Yeah, anyway, uh, that's, that's that.